0: And welcome to episode 109 of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast. Your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him, you love him, Mr. Brodinky. What's up, bro?
1: Oh, I've had an emotional day, my friend. (laughs) I've had an emotional day, indeed. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about this. Yeah, so I think everybody knows it's the NFL playoffs. Uh, happened to sort of just throw a t- a real fun fun wager out there on a a large amount of really unlikely situations to happen <laughs> together, which for those of you who have never wagered that just multiplies your odds on top of each other a bunch of times. So, um, unfortunately, I fell about a yard and a half short of what I needed, but it was a kind of shot in the dark to win 11 grand. So I, I had all of the emotions today and I mean, it's crazy (laughs) enough that I was knocking on the door because I, like I said, there were so many scenarios that had to play out right. And I, you know, I've I've done it once or twice before, but like never on this level. And it's just, it was it was disappointing though. I never really expected to get there in the first place. But once you're on the doorstep, <laughs> you know you're really. you know. I know. A, I know. You're, you're all in at that point. You know. You, so feel, you been, feel
0: like everything was stolen from you. Even that would have been a real. Dollars
1: for it. That would have been a real, a very, very nice hit. I have to say. Uh, Turned ten. Yeah, bucks I get into it. five figures. That'd have been something. You know.
0: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah close. So, close, but no cigar. So my
1: days. Yeah, my day spent was uh spent at work, but most of the time I was just walking around checking my phone and, and going this isn't going to happen oh my god this is going to happen so it was uh, it was it was an emotional day it was a bit of a roller coaster but yeah i'm here i was gonna say Survived. yeah it sounds like a roller coaster that's <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah when i messaged you earlier like what's of recording like i need the process i was like i need some time i was like i need, I need some, to time some time I... <laughs> oh man i'm sorry true, true degenerate fashion
1: no uh it, you know it was, it was a good time like i said it's it for for the ten bucks it was worth the the amusement with the yeah i was gonna say with the
0: emotional roller coaster
1: right so all is well everything is good otherwise um how are things by you
0: good man good um everything has been going okay are you are you feeling a little bit better from last week
1: yeah for uh those of you who have never had the pleasure of passing a kidney stone um don't (laughs) i'll just leave it to you at that don't if you (laughs) You could always Let's, if you want to. It's die. It's If easier. You want to know what it's like? Just take a a large knife, somewhere between six and ten inches. Just, just stab it right into your your abdomen, and it's the same. It's the same thing.
0: <laughs> it sounds absolutely it's horrific. So, so there you go, guys. That's why we didn't record last week, um, bro. Was a little bit in. I was doubled
1: over. I was physically doubled over. I I've, I, I there is no with it. listen. I've I've played a lot of sports in my life. I've I've injured myself on the job plenty of times i have always persevered yeah. this is not one time i've I, I did not i did not persevere this time it is a <laughs> it is an unpleasant situation it's like i feel
0: I, I feel a little bit less like a man
1: <laughs> a man i was just hoping to wake up the next day okay
0: yeah you're like please
1: i was like just, this is it for me i'm just you know
0: this is how i go out yeah just please play kill taps her. i want to die
1: yeah that's it so yeah. If you've never had the pleasure, I hope you don't. And if you have,
0: <laughs> you know exactly I mean, what he's talking about. I feel you.
1: About. I feel you, dude.
0: You can feel the pain through the microphone. uh well, I'm glad that that's sorted. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Um, all is good. But we are back. We are recording, so that is good to do. Good to have. Um, but as far as how are things by me? Good, man. It's uh, it's been a minute. Um everything is going well over here excited to be recording and we've got some cool stuff to talk about today
1: yeah you know uh leading up to the episode that i thought we were going to record i was like man not a lot has gone on although in the time between then and now plenty has gone on so that's good yeah i i i I always kind of kick this back and forth because some of our buddies like matt and greg i think they do it every other week and Uh, sometimes i i sort of weigh the benefits on it i'm like you know it is kind of nice to have the extra window of room for stuff to happen yeah (laughs) as opposed to getting six days then you're back at it you know it gives you a little more time and probably helps if you're a guest podcast probably helps out a lot because it gives you a little extra time just to to weasel people in there as opposed to being Mm -hmm. like hey Mm -hmm. uh so this is weird you want to just get on you know you gotta you got a you got an ipod uh headset something you know uh, (laughs) got some airpods together right yeah you just bluetooth it and uh, we'll record it yeah don't worry about it it'll sound like crap but it's fine it's fine it's fine so yeah (laughs) i I, you know it's it's probably a little better than playing that game all the time but um yeah but yeah it definitely gives the the news cycle a little a chance to to breathe which is nice because we've had a lot of good drops we've had some news um i guess first and foremost big congrats to our bud mike pearson who has made the move over to Christopher Ward from Zodiac. If yes. you have not heard the news yet, congrats, Mike.
0: That's amazing,
1: friend congrats. of friend of the show, friend of us, I guess you say. And uh, yeah, so uh, he'll be doing big things over there. And you, you know, I, I think it's a good move for him. He's just uh, he's a passionate dude about watches, and he wants to be as connected to the the folks as possible. And I think a brand like a Christopher Ward could use him, and I think it allows him to sort of fulfill that while also being the the creative that he likes to be. You know.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's a Brit that's now working for a British watch company. I mean, I it makes too much sense. It's it? it's the dream. It's the dream.
1: <laughs> You're playing for your hometown team, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Good on you, Mike. Good. Yeah. Best of luck. Not that you will need it, but uh, best of luck anyway in your new endeavor. And if you want to get on and talk about Seaward, uh, let us know.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll be looking forward to seeing you at a, the other booth this year. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the other other booth.
1: Yeah. Uh other than that, we've got a bunch of new releases. So I guess let's start it with Citizen has a new pilot out. A lot of pilots recently, I've noticed.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's pilots the pilot and GMTs.
1: Era. It's 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 sort of what's going around.
0: It's almost like we called it last year.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well everybody's we did. I mean everybody's... once... Proclaiming twenty four is the year of the GMT or twenty three into 24, I mean, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say it's 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 really twenty three into twenty four because you know the Seiko five GMTs came out last year. Yep. a lot of the extensions started following it towards the end of the year as well. So the different colorways, different line extensions, that kind of stuff. And I think that that's what really prompted the GMT explosion because you have this movement now available, right now anybody can kind of mod it and right it yes yeah it. it's a big deal. So it makes it I think a little bit more ubiquitous, but. I think it's uh it's certainly a GMT year for sure.
1: So Citizen has a new ProMaster Air GMT, and this is this is not a cheap citizen. No. I mean I'm looking at over a thousand dollars here.
0: Mm-hmm. That's retail.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we all know the deal, Seiko, Citizen, the bun, you know, <laughs> anybody like that. We all know you can go a little go a little lower on these, but man, like where does it end? It's a lot. What? Where does it's it lot, end? We, we're seeing, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Seiko's are six, seven hundred dollars now." Now we're seeing thousand dollars citizens. You know, like, where does it end? You know. So I don't know. I don't.
0: I don't, I don't know. But I will say this: despite the price, despite the price, I really like the aesthetic of this watch. There's it's two a nice of them. There's two of them in the collection. Uh, one's kind of like an all murdered out version in black the other one's stainless steel with like a pilot style with a big red GMT hand um large case 44
1: yeah 44 yes
0: so it's not a small watch by any stretch but you got a slide rule um inner internal rotating bezel you have a 24 hour outer bezel and then you have the GMT indication i mean for a busy watch i think it looks really nice i think if you are actually a pilot uh, this is a really cool piece to get, and it's an automatic watch, so you don't have to worry about any type of quartz batteries and stuff like that. Because let's be honest, a lot of the previous Citizen watches, like the Blue Angels and all, that yeah, stuff, they the were Night just Hawks, quartz, right? Nighthawks, like they were just quartz powered. This is a great watch that riffs on that Nighthawk style and looks good. And I think they they're calling this one the Skyhawk. Is this one Promaster Skyhawk?
1: I haven't seen that, but I'll take your word for it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) According to Citizen's website, it's major listed as ProMaster Air GMT. But in the description, it says inside the new ProMaster Skyhawk is a Citizen Caliber 9054. They don't even know what they're calling this. But it's a GMT watch nonetheless. And it looks good.
1: I think it's a good looking watch. And like you said, I think that was my first impression was, okay, now we have something that stands up to the old Nighthawk that was sort of a fan favorite once upon a time. But it has a little little more balls to it. Right. It's yeah. a little little cleaner than that was. That was a very very busy watch, and uh, yes. you know it's 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 got some upgrades every which way. So, I think it's a good release.
0: Yeah, I I I I would like to see it maybe a little smaller, but I understand given that it's a, a pilot's timepiece, I can understand why it is a, a bigger watch. But I think if you are a enlisted person, rotor or fixed wing pilot, this would be a great watch to get as a beater military watch. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a banger. So there you go.
1: Yeah. But that, I thought that was a nice way to start. That's a, that's a, it sets a precedent for some interesting stuff going forward for them.
0: Yeah. I, is, I agree.
1: Which is always, I nice. agree.
0: And, and Citizen is always one of those companies for me, like design wise, is either like 100% on it or just like, ah, just, it just missed the mark. You know, like it might be like the best dial color, but like the hands are a little too short. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, the, the bezel's not the right color for me. Like, it, there's always that one little thing. But I think this one, I think overall package watch is, is really good. The only little hangup I think I could see for this one is the price and maybe the size for some people. But I'm not a baby, so I'll, I'll wear a 44.
1: All right. Uh, up next, a callback to last year's April Fool's. Studio Underdog is making the pizza watch a real thing. I think so many people were like, dude, that's – that That's kind of decent. I would wear that. And they're like, well, if you're going to give us that kind of insight, we might as well do something bad.
0: <laughs> Full will send.
1: So they, 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 I, they I just get wanna... a limited run on these. Yeah. And you can get regular or you can get Hawaiian, which is even it's so up their alley to do a troll move, like make a Hawaiian yeah. style yeah. dial, like <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> the most the most ridiculous pizza watch of all time it's like we're not just going to do a pizza watch we're also going to do like for some people the most horrific style of pizza watch which i think is even better uh i love this and i love that it's hand delivery only
1: yes hand delivery only not only loyal to pizza (laughs) but also sort of to how studio underdog has been very much about getting their timepieces in the hands of enthusiasts and not just people who are willing to fork over cash and then flip it over right after so
0: yeah I think that's cool. This, I mean, this this is totally right up their alley. It totally makes sense. I mean, we saw this kind of with the uh, the eggplant watch last year, yes, uh, which really, which really, I think, set the precedent for this. I just hope Studio Underdog, if you're listening, I just hope don't let this be the forever precedent. Like, you do this a couple times, cool, we get the novelty. But like, if this is your next drop every single time, it's like, eh, it's okay. It's like we get it. It it, it might get tiresome. Is what I'm saying, because then you lose the novelty factor. Yeah,
1: I, I get what I get. What you're saying, you
0: know what I'm saying. It's like if we just like, oh, look, there's a new April Fools' joke to watch. Because that's how that's how the eggplant watch came out. I think, if I wasn't mistaken, it was also like a like a made up rendering or a yeah, joke okay. or something like that. And then it manifested into something that was real. And they did it for charity, right? They did it for like prostate right, cancer, right? Something yes, like that. Correct. Um, and then this came out as an April Fools' joke last year, and everyone was like, oh, that would be kind of funny if they actually did it, and they did it but i'm saying don't let that be
1: yeah you should uh thing. you should you should leave us hanging once or twice in between because then you know then it becomes a mystery right you you enhance Correct. your the uh the story around it you, you you make it sort of a a mythical thing at that yeah point.
0: it's it's the legend it's the origin story right like it's it's cool if we if we get this as a novelty but like if it's like unimatic right like if you do the same thing over and over and over again, the originality becomes unoriginal, right? You become your own worst enemy. Yep. But I think, you know, they have the ability to just keep things fresh and exciting and new. And I think last year's release with the um, the military watches with the full loom dials, that was a step in the right direction from them kind of Agreed. entering into a different space, you know, outside of just the big eye chrono. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to have next. That uh, is for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think I think they've got a good grasp on that. I think they sort of realized that, okay, we have to take that step out from behind the big eye. They've got this now. They'll probably build on that for a hot minute, and then yeah. it'll be on to whatever's next. But at least it's, it's different enough that you're like, okay, I could even own both of these and not feel weird about it. Yeah, because a lot of times, like you said with Unimatic, like if I, if I if I buy two Unimatics, I feel like I'm, I'm i I want almost basically the same watch.
0: It's like Panerai, but yes. Yeah.
1: So, I I think they have a good grasp on that, and I think they'll continue to deliver with regard to that. But uh, but this was fun. This is a, a a funny little uh, wrinkle they tossed in. I mean, they they seem to always get it right when it comes to things like this but
0: they do they do they know exactly who their target demographic is and they're a company that doesn't take themselves too seriously which I love and respect look any company that is willing to make a pizza dial watch which you know is going to sell which is even more crazy because us weirdos are out there like yeah you know what I'll give the slice a try you know what I mean like we're gonna buy it we're gonna buy it and what's even more interesting is they're gonna sell it only at meetups Like you said, to get it in the hands of actual collectors, which I think is even more impressive. It's great. They know know their target audience. Just don't let this design concept be your only design concept going forward. That's all I want to say. What you guys are doing right now is great.
1: Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, On to Nevada Grenching. They put out their own interesting offering as of late. You could get... So they're releasing an Orange depth Master, which looks great. But you could also purchase from them. Well, you could have, you can't anymore. They had 10 new old stock <laughs> yeah. orange Stepmasters masters from back in the day that you could purchase for a little under three uh, grand. Or you could go with this brand spanking new one, which is uh, under a thousand.
0: Yeah, I think but I'll it, take the new one.
1: Yeah, it, it, it looks spiffy. I mean, they're basically identical. And I'm a big fan of the Death Master. I've said it plenty of times on this show, and I, I've had yeah. a good time trying them on in person and having a, a chat at their booth all the time. But this one really, really looks good. I think the orange is like a muddy color for this. I mean, I've seen it in green. I've seen the black and all the little yeah, variations yeah. on it. But this one really looks good. And I don't know if it's just because it's sort of got that bulky, uh, you know, Seiko orange monster look to it
0: yeah okay okay i
1: get get a little bit of that off it even though you're not getting the 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 teeth or anything on the dial but it's it's just got that that nice amount of bulk to it because i mean let's face it if you're gonna wear a loud watch a lot of times you're gonna want to have some dial space on it right you know you're not you're not gonna just want this uh teeny tiny little thing i mean unless you're buying a 36 millimeter oyster perpetual or something but um (laughs) you know i'm just saying if you're if you're buying a dive watch right you're going for a certain aesthetic yeah for sure this plays right into that
0: it it, it is i mean this again the orange dial is just such a quintessentially iconic dive watch color i mean from the things like this watch to the orange monster to the doxa you know like those are just classically orange watches and this watch like you said the re-release of it and the reimagining of it which again is a much better price point at 995 with newer technology and newer movement how could you not want to buy this watch i think it's a really great value proposition it's a 1000 meter diver it's very funky it's very cool and for those of our, our smaller wristed bros out there it's 39 mil, perfectly wearable if you are concerned about that in size and it's kind of got that cushion kc panerai vibe without you know spending 10 times the price which is even better um i think it's a very cool watch and i am excited to see when you get one because i'm sure at some point you will (laughs) you've talked about it enough i think it's time
1: i have i have and you know i if you would have told me orange dial cream numerals i don't know if i would have said yeah it's gonna look good but this looks good
0: it looks good it looks good i you're right because it's not white loom it's like vintage faux patina loom on an orange It. I don't know. It's like kind of creamsicle ish,
1: you know, but I would have thought it it would have really regressed on the dial and it, yeah, it it doesn't too much. So
0: I think it's just different enough because when you think about a monster, like, I mean, I have a monster, I have an, an OG orange monster and that watch has the original green tinted loom. Yep. Yes, it does. So it was before it had the border on the, on the marker. So like, I have a weird dial because, like, people see it, they're like, "What? What kind of dial is that?" I'm Like, this is like an OG, OG. You know, it's got the numbers of like one through twenty-four on the inside of the teeth. Like, yeah, they got rid like, of all that stuff as the evolution went on. But...
1: SKX, I want to say seven eight one. I think is... right. it's I, I couldn't tell since you. I, it's been it's been a while for me, but uh, I know it's, it it's some a... combination of those.
0: Yeah, it was a gift from a dear friend, so it's definitely in my collection. And I and I pull it out every summer to do stuff in and work out and, and that kind of stuff in the wash. I absolutely love it. And it always gets compliments everywhere I go. And the loom is still insane. Um, but I think when you think about like a doxa, it's like bright white loom, you think about the the orange monster, it's either bright white loom or that kind of greenish tint. Yep. I think this is really nice with kind of that vintage flare. Plus, you know, it matches the 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 the, the vintage ones. Because the vintage one is naturally patinaed, and I think that's what they were going for here. It's like a natural way to, hey, like this is the vintage one we only made 10 of because we only had 10 new old stock movements and dials, but we also made a new version of it, and it's going to share the same kind of design motif. Yeah, very nice. I think that's cool.
1: Very nice. Back to pilots. Uh, Hamilton has a new line of pilots out. Mm, Yes. The Khaki Aviation Pilot uh, comes in many flavors and two different sizes. You can get it in forty two. You can get it in thirty six. Comes in around a thousand bucks, bracelet Perfect. or strap. And it looks like based on the size, you can also get it different case materials.
0: Mm, maybe in I didn't thirty six.
1: I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, it's not a solid gold, but I'm looking. Oh at yes, gold yes, or yes. Bronze. I can't really tell. Yeah,
0: I think it's a. Is it gold PVD?
1: Probably because there's no price change. But uh either way, like I said, you can get it forty. Yeah, Rose Gold 36. Rose Gold
0: PvD. Rose Gold PvD.
1: And uh they come in a bunch of different colors, kind of an army green, blue, silver, black. A Lot of choices, but uh again, kind of just another handsome basic ish pilot that uh is sort of filling that void right now, like I was talking about. You get we're getting a lot of pilots lately. A lot of GMTs. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a GMT, but I could see them making it into one at yeah, some point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure.
0: For sure, for uh, sure.
1: I mean, I, I love this release.
0: I, I've i always been a fan of the original pilot uh, from, from Interstellar, uh, and Hamilton's always been associated with, with the Khaki Pilot series. And, and, you know, honestly, I think that they have probably the best value for money hold on the quote-unquote military watch uh, field right now. You know, from their khaki feel to their um, khaki navy scubas to this watch, I think it's they're they're doing quite well. And now that they're offering them in forty two and thirty six millimeter sizes, obviously they're going for a unisex size as well. But I think it's just a much more wearable option offering that people can get excited about because I think the original size came in forty two and forty four. I think that sounds if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but this is nice that they're slimming it down, offering some new case size and colors and making it tractable to 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 both sexes. And if you got are a small wrist of gentleman out there that can't pull off a 42, well now you get a 36 millimeter option. So there you go.
1: Yeah, and, and I do like thousand. I, I like their layout and I like the font they chose for the um the day and everything. It's just it's very kind of classic pilot, but just, in just a, a new pack. It's package. just clean, man. It's just yeah, clean. It's very clean.
0: My yeah. only criticism, Hamilton. Yeah. Please, please stop stamping the Hamilton wings on your leather straps. <laughs> it looks very cheesy. Most of us are going to change the straps anyway, but do us a favor and don't give us a reason to do it right out of the box. Just just leave it brown. We don't need stamping or embossing of the Hamilton logo that's already present on the Hamilton dial. We're good.
1: I also like that the skeletonization of the hands sort of has a, a function to it, if you will. hmm yeah. Because if you're looking at the layout, uh, it's got the hours sort of on an inner ring there. And the hollowing on the hour hand will go right over those as it passes, which is pretty cool. And then on the opposite, on the the minute hand, you have a skeletonization where you'll be able to tell when the hands are aligned because you'll have one solid hand.
0: It's just cool. It's very well thought out, especially because when you look at the dial here, it goes from 0 to 55 or right. the zero to 59. Um, and that's the only way to read the time, really, right? It's it's mostly minutes. But I love the way, like you said, that it lines up with the uh, with the internal circle on the dial with the hours. It's so good. It's just very, very, very clean. And now this is coming not only with um, you know, updated styling, it's also going to deliver a little bit of updated tech as well. So 80-hour power reserve in these bad boys now with the Swatch Group's new Nevecron balance spring. So if you're not familiar, Nivacron is basically like a titanium-based alloy. So these hairsprings will also be more anti-magnetic than their predecessors. So you're getting a better movement, longer power reserve, better styling in a smaller package for under $1,000. I can't imagine a better offering than that.
1: Yeah, and you know this is going to go right up against probably something like Marathon's higher-end offering. A lot of their their lower end stuff, well, I would want to say lower end, but their their lower tiers are mostly course watches and things like that. But once you get into their automatics and their their sort of uh, upper echelon stuff, you're getting up around a thou anyway. So this is gonna be right yeah. up against that. So I, I think it's it's within reason as far as I think, you know, I think when you say a thousand bucks now, a lot of times people be like, eh, it's a little steep, but again, we're we're here, you know, thousand dollars citizens, thousand dollar <laughs> yeah. Hamiltons. I mean yeah we're at this is where this is gonna sort of feed into what we're gonna talk about today, but this is where we're at.
0: Yep, that's true. It's true.
1: All right. Trucking along here. Uh, Seiko's putting out some new cocktails. Uh, It looks sort of like a his and hers, and they're inspired by layered cocktails. So the dials have sort of this uh, layering, I guess you'd say, on it, but where basically Mm -hmm. you have uh, just sort of some gradation where it's going to go from one color to another, uh you're getting one that sort of starts off in as a dark blue and ends as almost like a red, and then a what seems like a ladies version in a sort of a rose gold case and it's got kind of a a peach that goes to a, a light gold. And in the renders, these kind of look cheesy, but in the actual pictures, they, they look pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they look nice.
1: You know, I thought they were kind of corny looking at them. Like they they look very like loud and kind of strange, but I guess it's hard to depict that in
0: a i mean yeah it's a, a rendering photo right <laughs> yeah so they're always then, the worst
1: <laughs> right and then i and then i see these things actually laid on a table and i'm like oh that actually that transition looks pretty good like i i think that's actually kind of neat i mean it is what it is it's it's kind of gimmicky it's kind of what they do with these now these presage models but you know if, you, if you're into the whole sort of cocktail culture thing i mean i think you could see yourself wearing one if you're into that
0: I mean, look, I like I said before, I have a buddy that has, uh, I think it's the, the Manhattan version or the old fashioned version, whichever oh, yeah. one it is. Yep. Uh, it's a beautiful watch. I think these these Seiko presage cocktail times are really cool. It's honestly a limitless you know, book of what you can make because there's... Millions and millions and millions of cocktail options out there, so you could just do this forever. Right. It's basically like the presage version of the seasons. So you know, Japan has like two million seasons, so they're just going to keep cranking those puppies out, um, which is fine. That's that's what their shtick is. But you know, uh, I think I I'm amazed at every single time that they do a new a new cocktail time, they 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 figure out a way to make it different, and I think this is a very very cool looking watch. I mean it's just different it's stylistically uh it's cool even even the the ladies version which is a little bit more reserved um I think is is cool and if you have a partner that's getting into watches and and you want to get her something that's cool and fun and and chic I I can't, I can't say that this is not a not a good option this is a great option it's very it's very old world feeling it feels like something out of the 50s but it's beautiful so go buy one for your ladies
1: Valentine's Day is coming up it is. Use our promo code. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait, wait. <laughs> I'm like, wait, are you getting money from this? Cause I ain't getting money from this.
1: No, I'm still waiting on my Seiko ambassadorship and uh Yes, I know they, they should really stop dragging their feet on that one. Just just yeah. Just what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh but we have a new Speedmaster. I know you've been uh, waiting yes. to tell us about it. <laughs> I'm surprised you held your job oh, this you- long. It-
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you well, want they, me to they do te- it? I mean, well,
1: they teased it. You know what it is? They teased it, and they showed you sort of a profile, but you got a glimpse of a, a racing strap on there, and it kind of gave yeah. you a little hint of what was to come.
0: Yeah. I don't know why everyone was surprised.
1: I wasn't that shocked, but I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, look, I, I I think, you know, if, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Omega released a new Apollo 8 Dark Set of the Moon, which is now officially replacing the previous version which we'll get into and i think a lot of people are upset because they're like oh this is how they started out the year a new apollo 8 and all they did was change the the second hand on the running seconds and they just repackaged the watch okay from a macro perspective i can see that that would be the case um i have a few problems with this watch myself much like the rest of the watch community but i understand and this is Again, bro's kind of hinting at this. It's really going to lead us into our topic for today. But I think, you know, it's a cool watch. It's a logical, it's a logical progression because the older one is no longer available. Okay. I when the when the first Apollo came out in 2018, I believe it was. I think it was Omega's last time at Basel. That's when they pulled out after the 2018 show and this, alongside the Diver 300 Meter were the real big tickets from that show. I distinctly remember it. Because I remember thinking to myself, there's no way that a big brand like Omega went out on a limb to create something cool like this. And they did. And it was awesome. Um, I've seen the comments everywhere about this watch, and I was kind of waiting, and I'm glad almost that we had some time to really think about this. Because for me... I really like this watch. You guys know how I feel about Omega. There's no secret here. I'm a fanboy. That's given. I'm biased. But I see so much vitriol and so much hate in the comments towards this watch, and I don't understand it. Because people are like, well, you know, all they did was change literally everything, and then they sell it at a higher price point. I was like, well, yeah, that's what happens. Do a new movement, you increase finishing increased technological capabilities okay more expensive now should it be 14,300 that's probably a little steep for me but i get it it's a desirable watch and people like it and it's been selling really well so i like this watch i think it's obviously for a very niche person but there's so much hate out there towards it, where people are like, "Oh, Omega's dying as a brand. It's like they're they're ceasing to exist. they're They're alienating their client base and their fan base. I'm like, what are you talking about? If Omega wanted to alienate its fan base, it wouldn't make a regular production moonwatch, And it still wouldn't make it one of the most affordable watches in the entire watch world that has some of the most iconic background. Same thing with the diver, the three hundred meter, okay? It's a fantastic timepiece at any price point. And yet Omega still offers it to you at a very affordable price point. I think what really happened here and why people are so upset is they were expecting this to be the White Doll Speedy. I think that that's what happened. Everyone was expecting the first year launch to be the White Doll Speedy because they saw it teased with Daniel Craig at the Planet Omega show last year in New York City. It went viral. People have been asking about it. I know because my dealer friends have been taking constant calls about this mythical Wattel Speedy. Nobody knows if it's coming. Uh, I would imagine that it probably is. But if I was a betting man, I would say this is probably going to come out closer to a watch fair. That would be my guess.
1: Not like one in two months? Yeah. Yeah, like that one? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean th- think of it think of it this way not necessarily Omega but the Swatch group in general has stolen the show from the last two watch fairs. okay they did it the first time with the moon Swatch and then they did it again right I think that they had some some new version of the moon Swatch that started out last year right all of the sides of the or the not the sides of the moon but the uh um what do they call the uh the, the new moon or whatever. Yeah, but they did that right before the big watch shows, and everyone started it started the buzz again about Moon's watch, and now they carry that over into oh, this yeah, watch right,
1: the. Oh yeah, you're right because they were wearing the moonshine one at at yeah, you're right.
0: So they did it again. Now was it perfect? No. Did they sell every single one of them? Yes. <laughs> okay, but my point is, if I was Omega, and I know that everyone wants this watch, I will give it to them when I deem it necessary. And I would do it right before an award show, or right, not an award show, right before a watch show. Because that way it's going to steal all the thunder. I don't even have to be participating in the watch show, but I control the narrative. And then as soon as those watches are showcased, they're in stores. That would be the ultimate move. Because while everyone's now fighting to get wiped out speedies, they're completely ignoring everything else everyone else is dropping.
1: Also, who knows when the hell all this other stuff is coming out.
0: I mean, that's the idea too, right? But that would be a boss-level move. But I think so much of the vitriol behind the Apollo 8 is its, is its price point, and people don't feel like enough was changed. Well, if you compare it to a previous generation Apollo 8, yeah. Aesthetically, not much has changed, but the entire movement architecture is different. The other one was 1861. This is now 3869. Um, the engraving of the dial work is different. It's it's much higher fidelity there. It's now METAS certified. It's a master chronometer movement. It's hacking seconds. It really brings the Apollo 8 forward in a way that it wasn't previously. Now if you have an Apollo 8 from the previous generation, then keep it. Or sell it. People are probably going to be looking for the first one to go anyway. So now maybe be a good time to sell it. But if you missed out on the first time to own an Apollo 8, then buy this one. If you don't want an Apollo 8, don't buy it. It's such a novel idea. You'll feel like attacked. Do you, you get that feeling? Like really Listen, in the I'm like,
1: going to be straight with you. 99% of people who comment on things like this cannot afford this watch. I, mean, I That get might that. seem like a real sour grapes take, but that is 100% the truth. 99% of people who have something to say about this watch cannot afford it.
0: Yeah, I get it. But I'm just like, guys, just keep it to yourself there's a lot of watches that I just scroll past on who or scroll past on a blog site because I'm like, ah, it, the price is irrelevant to me. I want to even read the article. So just why, why do you feel it necessary to like, you know what? I'm so mad that I can't afford this watch. Well, I'm going to log in, create a, create a profile. And I'm going to comment on this thing.
1: And listen, I could understand if it was something, you know, people want to talk about the the Submariner. People want to talk about the, the, good old moon watch like those are icons i understand when people get pissed when things get moved around on that stuff or they they go one way or another and people have something to say about it because they feel like it's sort of a a part of the the lineage of the hobby and like you know those are things that are mainstays this is like a a niche watch for a collector absolutely not not every watch collector is not hopping off the curb like yeah you know what i think i need i think i need an apollo eight
0: yeah And here's the thing. Let me ask you this, bro. Do you know why Apollo 8 is significant for the U.S. space program? No, I don't. Most people
1: don't. I'm not that into NASA. But I imagine
0: imagine everyone that owns an Apollo 8 probably does. Because I do. I don't own an Apollo 8, but I know why Apollo 8 is significant. It was the first time that astronauts had ventured to the far side of the moon, the side that we could not see from Earth. It was the first time that anybody had been that far from Earth. And it also paved the necessary flight flight plan for the Apollo missions that actually walked on the moon. So without Apollo 8, we would have never walked on the moon, which is why this is such a cool watch. It's why the inscription that says, we'll see you on the other side is there. Because this is the first time any astronaut had passed beyond the moon, where the moon was literally standing between them and Earth, right? They're orbiting behind it. You lose radio contact.
1: Yeah. Because now the moon
0: is literally blocking out the radio signal. (laughs) So the last thing Jim Lovell says as the commander of the Apollo 8 mission is, we'll see you on the other side. It is a gangster That's, move.
1: I wonder how long he had that one saved up for. He must he say he's going up the whole way. He's like, oh, I got this. I what, got am this. I gonna like, like, what am I going to say? Don't botch it. Whatever you, you got to deliver. It's got to be a good delivery.
0: I mean, that is that is like the best one liner. Like we could crash into the moon's surface on as soon as we pass beyond this void. And you'll have never you'll never know what happened to us. But I'm willing to give it the, the, the college try and say, we'll see you on the other side. Like that is a big energy move. And I love this watch. I absolutely. love it. I don't know the price point. I I get that. It's expensive. But if you're a fan of NASA, if you're a fan of the space story, and a lot of people are like, oh, Omega's beating the Speedmaster story to death. Well, no shit. It's one of the most iconic and amazing stories of all of watch history. If the Daytona had done it, we would never hear the end of it. Yeah,
1: that's the truth.
0: Let's be honest. I'm tired of people with this stupid crap that they see on Reddit. Okay, Yeah, they're going to continue the space legacy because one of the most impressive stories of humanity of all time. Get over it. If you don't like it, go buy another Submariner. It's not that hard. I think it's a cool watch. If you like it, go buy one. If not, buy something else.
1: Keep spanking it to James Cameron.
0: You know, I just... (laughs) Uh, and again, you and I talked about this off air. It's like, you know, the Daytona can literally change one little bit of text on the bezel, put on an exhibition case back on it, change the dial font a little bit, and everyone's losing. And everyone their everyone shit loses
1: their mind. <laughs> everyone loses their
0: shit about it. But the second Omega is like, you know what? We have an already amazing collectible timepiece here. Let's just further make it more collectible for, for our real passionate enthusiasts. Let's put a Saturn V rocket on it, which took some new engineering technology that is now patent pending, by the way. Took some new engineering technology to make this happen and give our collectors something a little bit more well-rounded. Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Omega copped out because all they did was re-release the same watch. I'm like, what, what is this? You know, I have a buddy who said this for many years. There's a lot of frustrated watch designers out there. Y'all need to pick a different hobby, bro.
1: So before we get into all that, <laughs> even though we've we've let it spill over a little bit, before we get into Ugh. all that, we left off on a note last time with some conjecture about what the uh, ocean of storms could look like. Yeah. And we got it. Yeah. And I think we've probably got the best iteration, in my opinion, of the sea swatch, whatever you want to call it, in this one. I mean, you're getting a very contemporary Blanc pond look. Yes. Right? And they even managed to fit it with a slug. You know, it's... Yes, the it, moon slug. It's not quite Slurms <laughs> McKenzie from Futurama, as I would have hoped. But it, it's as close as you're going to get. McKenzie. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It's as close as you're going to get. But, I, you know, I think this is the best-looking iteration they've dropped so far. And I, I think it yeah. gives people sort of the, the classic look, like the people who bought the Mission to the Moon yeah. wanted. So you can get this now in in a very familiar package, which is nice. Um, definitely not what I thought was coming out. No. But uh, but I can see people being happy with this.
0: No, I think it's cool. And I, and I love the fact that this is not a limited release. Yeah. As far as I understand and what was communicated is this will just now be a new addition to the Ocean's collection, and it's going to be an all-black version. Which I think is also another bold move, which I love. That way, if you miss the initial drop, you weren't in a select boutique, now you might have the opportunity to get one. If you go to a city that has a boutique and you just happen to walk in, you might be able to, to get lucky and get the black uh, the black one, which I think is very cool. So I'm happy to see it. I think it's probably the best looking of all of them. And if I was going to find one for myself, uh, that's what I would do.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. That aside. So... In breezing over uh, an article, I believe it was on Fertello. Um, yeah. I I caught the headline and I was like, man, I'm so glad somebody finally wrote about this because it's something that I've really kind of dwelled on, I guess as I, I've progressed in my collecting journey, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the idea of the article, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase this, but the the title something like, have watches gone from pizza margarita to uh, you know, double stuff crust with you know all this the bells and whistles, and and, and-,
0: and that's immediately how you knew a, a foreigner wrote this. <laughs> they was like, "What's a margarita pizza?" Like,
1: <laughs> all of us in America, are like, what is he talking about? And uh, and, and if 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 you ha- if you can't put two or two together, essentially, what what the idea is that, um, I think a lot of us, especially when we got into this, or many of us who were drawn to this, were sort of captured by the I don't want to say simplicity, but the kind of the whimsical nature of a time telling device that was clear and concise and clean. Right. I think that I think the the idea of a clean watch draws a lot of our attention. When we were talking about the Hamiltons and things like that, legibility is big. It's always been big for me. Um, You know, I use my watch as a time telling device. I have gotten away from pulling my phone out every three seconds. I will check my wrists, especially when I'm at work. I don't want to put my hands on my phone. It's just an extra step. It's it's I can't do it while I'm, you know, kind of walking on the go and things like that. So I use it as it should be. And I think a lot of people do, even though, you know, it takes some practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for sure. but it's 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 a factor. And so we we've sort of gotten to know these watches as a time-telling device. And I think many of us still appreciate the clean or simplistic or whatever you want to call it, look of it. But now we've gotten to a point and it's been, I think getting worse and worse over the past few years in that we're always looking for what else, I mean, we, we made it, we, we had an episode about this a little bit when we, we called it the spec obsession and it's just, it's a similar idea. It's, it's always looking for the upgrade for what does this have for what's under the hood for, uh, you know, what cute little trick gimmick, whatever it is, can we slap on the dial? Can we put it with the handset? Can we, you know, throw in the case back? Yeah. Right. It's always something now. Like, and, 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 you know, is it in house? Is it in house?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Is it in
1: house? Oh my God. Is it in house? Yeah. Right. That's become such a thing. You dare use a Salita movement.
0: Yeah. How dare you? How dare you. you
1: scoundrel. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And look, I get it. Some people will just stamp their branding on a Salita movement and call it a day, which is. Yeah, let's be kind of be honest. Yeah, it's a little weird. But I mean, if you're not trying to fool anybody, there's nothing wrong with a Salita movement.
0: No, there's not.
1: It's just it's, it's gotten out of hand. And so it's swung all the way one way. It was one way. Now it's swung all the way this way. I'm wondering if it's going to swing back or if we're just going to keep shooting ourselves in the foot like this. I mean, this sort of lends exactly what we were talking about with the Apollo 8, right? You're getting all these extra things, and now people are like, ah, that's nice, but it's still a similar watch. Well, which is it? Yeah. You You can't have
0: your cake and eat it, too. And that's, that's my biggest problem with this whole mentality is we did this to ourselves. As watch collectors collectively, we force these things to happen for these brands, because let's be honest, how many watch brands exist out there, bro? If you had to give a number,
1: I have no idea. A lot uh,
0: thousands, millions at this point. I mean, there is so many. There is so many out there. And the big problem with this is, is they're all vying for your attention. They're all vying for your dollars. So what they're going to try to do is they're going to constantly try to push. They're going to constantly try to create. They're going to create new designs. I mean, let's be honest. We get new watches every single year. That's insane. Okay? That's insane. And yet, every single year, we're buying watches. That's nuts. So what we've done by consuming all of these things is we've forced the brands to have to do this. Okay? Okay? You think about this before. Think about back to the 70s and the 80s, right? You had watches that it would just come out every couple of years, right? This would be one reference number, and this reference number will continue to sell for the next five years, six years, 10 years. There was no update. There was no new colorway. There was, It would be a significant amount of time before any type of generational change would happen, Right? Because nobody cared like they do now. Now we're obsessed with consumerism in the way that we want everything to be different and we want it to be new and we want it to be creative and we want it to be uh, uh, conscious of the earth and we want to have you know our impact you know uh, checked on. All of these things we are forcing these brands to have to do. And so because we're trying to force them to buy for all of our attention and all of our dollars, they're going to continually innovate and they're going to continually create stuff and they're going to continually pump it out because we demand it as consumers. And so you're left with things coming out like an Apollo 8. That to most people who don't care about space, who don't care about Omega, and who will always stand for Rolex or any other number brand, they're not going to appreciate it. Okay, the watch is not for you. It's for someone like me that loves NASA, loves space, loves the story of what this watch represents. That to me is cool. The fact that I can look down on my wrist and have a topographically correct representation of the lunar surface on the dial of the watch. That's cool. If it's not for you, then just keep it scrolling. But we did this to ourselves. We forced ourselves to, to, to get all caught up on this. And, and let's be honest, let's be honest. The days of the very simple Spartan design are done. I think Because they don't exude finishing. They don't exude handiwork and craftsmanship. But let's be honest. We look at Grand Seiko. Would Grand Seiko be the same if it didn't have the finishing?
1: They're an interesting case to me because they put that type of stuff into small details. And then they also get crap because they never change their... Cases, their bracelets, their, you know, everybody says it's same watch, different dial, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of a weird brand like that for me.
0: But but, but my point was, and maybe I should have read. Well, no, they definitely kind of.
1: set themselves apart with those details.
0: Well, right. But let's say that, like, let's say we had a Grand Seiko that was created and it didn't have Zeratsu hour markers, didn't have Zeratsu hands. It had regular print transfer dials you know, very basic movement finishing, would it still be a Grand Seiko?
1: No, that would probably be a, a regular old Seiko.
0: <laughs> right. So the same thing, like, you know, when when I think about things, I always think about things as it relates to Omega in most cases. Right? There's so many people out there like, oh, you know, the, the best days of, of Omega are behind them. I, I saw this all in the comments about the Apollo 8. It's so why it's fresh on my mind. It's like, you know, you lost me. You know, the last great Omega was a 225450 or the previous generation 1861 Speedmaster. I'm thinking to myself, like, that is such an old design where Omega was using print transferring for loom, print transferring for dial text. You know, it had a basic modified ETA movement that was modified for Omega. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was an okay movement. Yes, it was thin. Yes, the bracelet was, I mean, uh, but these are very basic things. I mean, by, by that stretch, an Oris today is the same equivalent of an Omega 15, 20 years ago. And that makes sense because the price point is equivalent. Right? You think uh, about I, a modern-day bought that was Omega price point
1: 15 years ago. I bought a big-box Speedy for
0: $3,800. I mean, but that's my point. The level of refinement that goes into a modern Speedmaster is worth the additional money, in my opinion. You don't get the big box and the NATO, whatever. But listen, I
1: mean, how many years did it have to go by where people were just outraged about hacking? Yeah, right. Now you have the movement doesn't hack, and you're upset about
0: it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they changed the movement. They they altered the. I'm like, oh my god, You, you you can't win. You cannot win. It's Like I'll never I'll never forget in 2018 when the when the new wave dials came out. Everyone's like, damn it. I wanted the smooth dials like they had in 2012. I'm like, well, Omega made that for six years and you guys wanted the wave dials again. It's like, what do you want? It's ridiculous. It's completely absurd. They want everything and nothing at the same time. And I get the argument about, is is everything getting too big and too bloated? But... Yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never understood this, this argument because let's, let's face it, let's face it. Let's say you go buy a brand new car today. Is it possible to get a stripped down version of the car? Brand new from the dealer?
1: I mean, you can get a basic model, but that's as far as you can go.
0: But but that's my point. Right. You can't you can't be like, hey, dealership. I want to order the most basic level, don't can put I get any level crappy don't old engine <laughs> Like, can I have roll down windows? Can I have an AFM stereo only? I don't need GPS. Is that even possible to do today? No. The answer is no. no. I've I know because I've tried. You know, you can't do it. They're gonna sell you whatever dealer upgrades they're gonna put on their car rather it even hitting the lot because they're trying to maximize their profitability. The RRP for the car, the the, the suggested price is going to be, let's say it's $55,000, they're going to try to sell it to you for 65 because they put $5,000 of upgrades and they still need to make a profit on the car, right? That's just the way the world works. Now, unlike the car industry, the watch industry is not putting superfluous crap on the car and trying to sell it to you. It's only if you want to buy that respective car or that respective watch. If you want to buy Apollo 8, you buy an Apollo 8. If you don't want to buy an Apollo 8, you buy a Moonwatch. But they're not forcing you to buy the Apollo 8. Does that make sense? Because that's not the only option that there is. And I think so many will get in this mindset. They're like, oh, this watch came out. It's degrading the brand. Well, don't buy that watch. Just buy the other one that you like. It's not a hard argument to understand. But it drives me crazy that people are like, oh, you know, too many options sucks.
1: So Nobody ever.
0: <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? So you just want to live in the vanilla chocolate world? It's like, maybe I want pistachio. Maybe I want orange sherbet.
1: Well, you know what it is? You have some people that suffer from the old analysis paralysis. And more choices just lead to headaches and indecision. Yeah. And I I know people like that.
0: And and you know what? Go buy a Rolex. That's the that's just my answer for it. Go buy a Rolex because that's how you. That's how Rolex owners think. I don't want options because too many options is scary. Too many options makes me feel uneasy. I just want somebody to tell me what to buy.
1: Well, th- well, they're an interesting breed because you have so many people who are into the brand for different reasons. And then you have some people that are very purists like who are just who will be dismissive of, of things like the the Kermit, the Hulk, things like that. Like they yeah, they're like, no, you have those those people that will say there's the sub and then there's the sub date. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> it goes that deep. So the like the, kite, bro. The, it, it's always an interesting sort of dichotomy when you talk about Rolex collectors like, like because of the, the brand power and sort of the. Uh, breadth of the uh, amount of collectors, the people that have stumbled into them over time.
0: But, yeah, but the, the the reality is in most cases if you are a super diehard collector, you're passionate about movements, you're passionate you don't give a shit about Rolex. In most cases. Okay? Because Rolex is a brand that's just collected by everybody. And ten times right? out of ten.
1: I wouldn't say you don't care about them. I would say you they're just so familiar that it's it's sort of they're just sort of just a given, you know. It's it's like um you know, it's, it's any strong branding, you know, you think like Yankees in baseball, things like that, where you're just like it's a given. We know who they are, we know what they do. Like
0: yeah, but but, but again, it's like
1: you know Jordans and sneakers like that's where i'm at when i think about them
0: i i understand it they're they're ubiquitous and they're consistent and you you and get, that's what it is. it's familiar you, that's you, what it
1: is you get exactly
0: what you expect right it's kind of the idea but the the, the the point i'm trying to make here is that most of those people aren't concerned with things like frequency or or anti-magnetic protection or they're not they're not concerned with movement craftsmanship and uh, a material craftsmanship It doesn't matter to them Someone like me Those things matter to me Because I want to know what goes into Making the thing that tells time for me Because I want it to be made of the best Materials with the best technology With the best movements that it possibly can Because to me that in, that makes for A, a, a watch that's going to last generations That to me makes me feel good About the watch collecting that I do Most people that are buying the big crown all they care about is, is somebody going to notice it at the bar? Is going to—is somebody going to notice it at the, my next meeting? And how is that going to make me feel?
1: Does it make my pee big?
0: Yeah. And again, I, I'm sure this is going to be a huge oversimplification for a lot of people. And there's going to be a lot of people like, I don't agree with that take it all. Fine. Come at me. I don't care. But the reality is most people that I've met that own Rolex watches don't care at all about them. They care about what they represent. And that is a different thing entirely.
1: Yeah. And, the, and like I said, because because of that factor, they end up in a lot of people's hands that that kind of go on a, a sliding scale of of whether they're even into collecting or not, or if they're just a jewelry enthusiast. Yeah. You know, so it it yeah. I think I think there's a lot of, of gray area there, but it's just it's there's definitely a large section of the hobby where where certain things are more important than others. You know whether it be, you know, do, are you down with the the technology aspects of it? Are you purely into styling? Are you there for value proposition? Are you into the stories? And you know, I think for a lot of people, I think it's a mix. Oh,
0: of course, it has to be.
1: I think it's a mix, but it's just. Uh, it, but we've definitely done this to ourselves. It's yeah, and you and you could see Absolutely. you could see it and, it, and it stems it stems greatly in the microbrand space. I mean, when you when you think about when people are pitching micro-brands, what's the first thing they do? They run off the list of specs that they can offer at their price point. <laughs> at the at price many, point, yep. at many big bigger brands do not do. Yep, right. We have toolless micro adjusts we offer such and such movement upgrades. We have this kind of loom. We do this many, you know, uh hours power reserve, yada yada yada. It's it's a whole thing. And and don't get me wrong, that's their selling point because it is part of the value proposition. It's why a lot yeah, of people yeah. will will trend towards micro brands. Yeah. It's their the sort of their stick, but it's you see that sort of arms race going on there. And that has really permeated the hobby overall. Yeah. You know, oh, does it? Does it have silicon hairspring? Silicon? Did anybody care about a silicon hairspring five years ago? No. Um. You know, like, does it have this? Does like, at the end of the day, does it really matter how many hours power reserve you have? You're taking the thing off, and you're probably putting on a different watch tomorrow. If it's running or not when you pick it back up, is it really going to kill you? I don't think. I don't think so. I would no, bet against it. It's
0: not. It's not. It's not. So we, We've we created our own worst enemy. We've created these, these mythological problems, and they're not problems at all. People used to just buy a watch and wear it without thinking about it, and that was just the end of it.
1: Well, I think that's why, like myself personally, I've really only been buying kind of like cheapies lately and kind of just hanging out and enjoying them and I don't really feel the need to chase stuff very much right now. And, it, you know, it might just purely be because I have a third kid on the way. <laughs> it might be a subconscious thing. It's, it's a probably lot of times, that. But a lot of times I just want to throw something on and and enjoy it. I just want to, you know, relax and chill and have a good time.
0: Yeah, and, I get it. I get mind, it. I'm, I'm in the same way as you. I'm, not, I'm just kind of like I'm in this state of like delayed satisfaction and, and just waiting. And just waiting, and
1: I mean that's that's kind of where we are at as society, right? I mean, you got you got Uber Eats, you get food right to your doorstep, right? The the the, the delayed gratification is no longer a thing. It's it's yeah. gratification is just how fast it's getting here,
0: <laughs> and that's and that's and that's the issue.
1: The Amazons, the you know, everything comes to your door in a day, so. It's and an interesting monster. It's an interesting monster that, that we have built.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and until we do something about it, until we collectively say this is enough, which is never going to happen because consumerism and capitalism and all these things, which are great things. But keep in mind that you can't keep pushing people to create these things because you're trying to make this. You're forcing the brands to do this. And by doing this, you're only going to continually get more product whether it's deemed inflated or not or overproduced or not or overdesigned or not we did this to ourselves
1: and if you're complaining about prices they only go in one direction
0: they only go up so that's it if you don't like it buy secondhand
1: i like buying secondhand <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean i'm i'm in the same way i'm the same way i don't i don't have anything against secondhand
1: uh but yeah but it's you know it was a i i thought it was a, a good article and i thought it i thought it was cool because i saw something in print that i've toyed around with it and agreed it, with you yep. up in my head plenty of times and i've been like all right cool maybe this is gonna be a thing now so i don't know maybe people people might vibe with that people might not it is what it is but uh yeah but i think it's food for thought certainly
0: i agree i agree until next time.
1: Yeah, with that, we'll see this one off. Smitty, catch you le- next week, folks. Good night. Good night.